Warning, the following program is solely intended for a mature audience. Any of the idiotic opinions and views expressed on this show are solely opinions of Dark Cringe Radio and not of its advertisers, which is completely pointless because this poorly produced, dumbass podcast has no advertisers. <laughs> I'm sorry, son, um, but uh, we do have an advertiser now, Ampsmart. So, uh, yeah. Sorry, go back to your thing. Furthermore, any rebroadcast or redistribution of Dark Friend Radio podcasts without per- the permission is strictly prohibited. If you do, we will find you. And then we will send three black eyed children to your home or office to collect your soul. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Coming to you live from the Mistopheles Studios in Dark Fringe Radio. And welcome to Dark Fringe Radio. I am your host, Will Martinez. And thanks for joining in on the podcast this week. we got a special episode for you, jam-packed with a bunch of stuff for you. And of course, with me as always, my co-host, Jay. What's up, brother? How we doing, my man? Very good, man. Very good. Sounding nice and clear tonight. We're ready to rock and roll, man. Get this episode started. Hell to the gear. Very nice, man. Tonight, saw that very nice dramatic pause. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about <laughs> <laughs> scariest TV shows. Our scariest TV shows that we think that kind of really, you know, mess with our minds and really made an impression on us. Uh, even in our childhood. So we'll talk about that tonight and a bunch of other shit for you guys to listen to. So buckle up and get ready for a nice ride. We'll take you on tonight. So we'll start uh, with a little, uh, of course, social media that uh, I always do every week. Uh, if you can, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Look us up at Dark Fringe Radio. We're always there. Uh, we're always dropping new information. Uh, we're always interacting. So please Make sure you uh, join us there, like, follow, and share all our stuff. You know, uh, interact, because we are always interacting with you guys. So, please uh, follow us there. And how to listen to podcasts. We are pretty much on every platform possible. Now, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, everywhere else. I mean, anywhere you could possibly find a podcast. Um, Jay, pretty much, you can find us. Is that pretty much right, Jay? That's right. We are... Everywhere, much like herpes and STDs, though we're not spoken about anywhere near enough. <laughs> you know, I read an article the other day, Jay, about STDs. How they're at a like fucking at a full tilt alert at these old folks' homes, like these fifty-five plus up in communities. Have you heard about this shit, Jay? Yeah, man. I I have heard about it actually. Uh, I I I heard this rumor very strongly when I when we were a little bit younger because uh, we grew up across from a senior plus facility, not facility, uh, but like neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, and I heard back then that everybody was going around, you know, fucking like rabbits because that's what they were saying. Yeah. To get pregnant. Right. Yeah. That is some weird shit, dude. I mean, I'm just like, that is some weird shit. yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about grandma, grandpa, just like, uh, oof, oh boy. Mm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's tough. No, well, thank you. Yeah. No, no thank, thank you. you. <laughs> well, sorry. We went there guys this, uh, this uh, afternoon or this evening, uh, with the podcast, but, <laughs> but, uh, just to get back on track, how to listen to us. We're available everywhere, everywhere. You can find a podcast. We're available. Just look up dark fringe radio. 
give us a five-star rating and a comment, and uh, that would definitely help us out. So that way we can help us uh, with the advertisers. That uh, is the way to pay us back uh, for the free podcast that we give you. And uh, we hope sure and uh, do appreciate it. So, uh, Jay, um, anything else uh, for the intro? Uh, no, that's it. Find the best way you like to listen to podcasts. Look us up at Dark Fringe Radio. If you have any questions or comments or just want to reach out and say, what's up? Or as we say in, what's up? in the 90s, ah! then you can find us uh, at all the places that Will mentioned. Reach out to us and that's where you can get us. Very good. Yeah, absolutely. And if you do leave us a, a rating there and a comment, what we'll do is we'll shout you out the podcast on uh, the week following uh, and do that for you. So uh, make sure to do that and we'll pay you back. So you ready for the mailbag, Jay, this week? Send me a postcard. Drop me a line. Uh, yes. Is that a mailbag in your pants? Are you just excited to do a podcast? <laughs> oh, stop it, Jay. All right. <laughs> we'll start it off this week. <laughs> All right, well, the uh, first one for this evening, Jay, is from a Paul Sanford from Sun Valley, Utah. And the subject is Julian Assange. I think this guy wrote in before. And uh, Paul writes, uh, hey, guys, Paul from Sun Valley, Utah. Wanted to give you guys a quick update regarding the latest on the Julian Assange controversy and issues. Currently, he is in the UK under, uh, I guess, custody. And they just gave him a 50-month sentence, Jay. Uh, until they figure out if they're going to extradite him either to Switzerland for the uh, rape allegations or to the U.S. for the hacking charges that they have uh, thrown upon Mr. Julian Assange. He said that he'll also provide updates on a weekly basis to share what he finds, and he thanks us uh, for sharing the information. And no, we thank you, Paul, for sending this information on a weekly basis and keeping me up to date on the Julian Assange thing. I did read about that. Uh, when it did break, what do you think, Jay? Well, I think we spoke about it actually a couple weeks ago that on the most recent podcast that came out that was part of the mailbag, if I'm right. I could be wrong. Yes, you're um, right. Yeah, and it, it's well, a continuation I, mean, I didn't now. realize there was. I didn't realize there was also uh, rape allegations. I was just curious to see with him leaking so many confidential documents, even though, again, he was doing it for the right reason. You know, I think we both kind of joked about what would happen if he would even make it to trial or expedition uh and it looks like they just bought themselves some time to decide on what they're gonna do yeah a, a lot yeah, of time a lot of time and yeah he does have some rape allegations on him from switzerland um that stemmed back from before he went into um i guess political asylum and, and yeah so i mean it's switzerland it's with the problem is <laughs> right in switzerland right first off all the women are gorgeous they're all bombshells they're all supermodels and they're super neutral so they don't never say no they're like ah i mean i, get, I don't really I get what you're saying no. again again this guy is easily to be framed for something i mean he's you know this guy's a high profile target at this point and um if there's anybody to be you know framed i guess it's this guy right uh, i mean he's got more offers blackmail than i do so hey is that well, yeah, again, um, thank you, Paul, for sending that in. And please uh, continue to send us a, a weekly update on the Julian Assange uh, controversy and continuation of what's going to happen. Yeah, the last time we spoke, Jay, when we you know, we brought this whole thing up when he first wrote in, was that you know they picked him up and the U.K. government swooped him up. 
Now it looks like they actually charged him with his 50-month sentence. Now uh, they're just trying to still figure out where they're going to extradite him. So uh, interesting how this develops, and we'll keep a sharp eye. And thank you, Paul, for uh, sending please. that in. Yeah, please. And uh, continue to do so, and we will uh, report it as such. So thank you again. Next one is from Sam Knox from Pensacola, Florida. And uh, Sam White. Pensacola? Pensacola. Pensacola? Pensacola. Pensacola. There you go. <laughs> Pensacola. Yeah, Pensacola, brother. Pensacola. Like, hey, man. Like some weird <laughs> My twang. trousers that have like extra places to put bottles and Pensacola. Hey, man, I can't. My twang came out. I can't help it. So Sam writes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, subject is UFOs. He goes, uh, Sam writes, he goes, have you guys uh, read into any of the recent UFO sightings in the Pensacola area? Uh, if not, I uh, will provide a couple links here below. Just to give you guys a little bit of heads up, we've had probably over 12 sightings in the last three-month span. A year. Damn. Yeah, that's Wow. Man, that's a lot. And damn. Yeah, Sam. Damn. How the fuck did I miss that? I don't know. Uh, but, wow. Uh, yeah, Sam also writes, he says that uh, since there's been so much activity as of late, he goes, there's also been earthquake tremors and a lot of different things happening with the environment that's been just odd as of late. So that's, uh, he's continuing to write. He goes, as more different things continue, odd things start to happen. He goes, more and more activity starts to come up and we see more and more sightings. So... That's a pretty interesting uh, email. Thank you, Sam. I uh, I want to look into those links that you Will. provided. Yeah, what's up? Will, Will, Will. I have it. Will, I got it. What's I up? have an idea, Will. What do you got? Sounds like you and I are taking a road trip. We're going dark friends on the road to Pensacola. <laughs> Pensacola. To see what the fuck is going on there. We should go up there and do some investigative reporting and possibly a little bit of drinking. But <laughs> yeah. not at the same time, usually probably at the same time. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. I mean, that'd be a, a hell of an idea to go do that. I mean, I'd be totally down for that. And I've heard of um, a lot of activity coming up from that area for some reason. I don't know why, because it's. I think it's closer to the Panhandle for some reason. There's some, I guess, some army bases around there. So I don't know what the hell is going on there, but I've always heard that there's always been activity. And thanks um, for sending that in, Sam, uh, and giving us the heads up. And I'm going to look into those links that you provided, and um, maybe we'll do a podcast on that too, and maybe try to set, you know shed some light on what's going on because that's a lot of sightings in a three month span, Jay. That's a lot of sightings in a very short span. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. So, well, uh, we'll look into it, Sam. And thanks for providing those uh, links to us. And um, that's it for the mailbag, Jay. And uh, we thank. Well, Paul. actually, go ahead, Jay. Like. Side of this, what I've I've noticed a pattern here, um, especially over the last two podcasts, certainly with this last particular one. Uh, our fantastic listeners are helping provide contact and keeping us in the loop of things, and this is really what this is all about: it's starting open lines communication where everybody can be open to share an unjudged platform what their opinions are, what they think, what's going on, and help us all keep an eye together. Uh, so that's fantastic. That is amazing. I, my mind is blown that we had two listeners both send us information and say that they're going to keep us informed, which is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you can't ask for more than that. I mean, and, you know, from Paul from Sun Valley uh, giving us that uh, weekly Julian Assange uh, update and Sam, you know, sending that uh, stuff, you know, regarding those UFOs in Pensacola. Uh, that's uh, that's crazy. I mean, again, uh, it's right in our backyard and we don't even hear about it. 
and I'm sure that, uh, you know, <laughs> we're going to do something regarding it because if that's the case, if that's how many sightings that you guys are having in such a small amount of time, there's got to be something going on there. So we're going to look into it. Don't worry. Uh, and uh, like Jay said, thank you for sending that stuff in. And just like he said, uh, it's because you guys uh, sending this stuff in really helps the podcast. So, um, well, that's it, uh, Jay. Uh, you ready for uh, the rest of the uh, podcast? Well, I believe we still have to do Will You Tell Me? Oh, shit. I totally forgot about that. That's right, Jay. Yes, uh, please. Come our, on, let's... Our, newest, our newest segment of the podcast. We started it last episode. Uh, crazy little brainchild of mine. I asked Will a question. He tries to either inform me because he has so much information or bullshit me because he has even more of that. <laughs> so, that being said, Will... Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Let's see what you got. Will you tell me why barber poles are red, white, and blue? Actually, barber poles are red, white, and blues because they actually used to uh, do a thing called bloodletting. And they um, were actually... They used to do this thing called bloodletting, and it used to uh, be a practice they used to do in the early 1900s, and it used to actually help you uh, health-wise. And you would actually go to a barber, and they would actually do this bloodletting thing uh, to help your health. And um, uh, unfortunately, I think it stopped uh, because they figured out that it really wasn't a good thing. People became anemic, and their you know blood and their iron levels went down, which wasn't good. So overall, that uh, uh, was the reason why. The barber poles have that red and blue thing to let people know that's where they can have that kind of service done. You are right as to why they're red and white. Ah, they're red, red and white to show that that was a place you could get the bloodletting, uh, which everybody felt like barbers were better equipped to do something of the lowest form. People would go there for injuries and illnesses right. uh, yeah. instead of going to the surgeon because the surgeon had bigger things to deal with or the doctor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it was completely 110% right. They would go there for bloodletting, where they'd make small incisions, um, small little cuts to allow X amount of blood to flow out. And then as they would dry it up, they'd hang out their rags. And that was what kind of made the pole the red and the white. Now, the question was specifically asked, red, white, and blue, for a reason. The blue is the trickier part. And this is where I think it really was going to feed to our, re our uh, listeners. Okay, let's hear it. So... The red and the white, yes, was from bloodletting. The blue has actually been subject for debate. Some people believe that the blue was added not too long after the uh, creation of the United States of America as to, as to show patriotism, because it was already so close to our, uh, our flag, with the red, white, the blue, and the stars. Makes so sense. So there's a, there's a line of conversation out there saying that that is actually where the blue um, becomes part of the barber pole color. The striping of the red, the white, and the blue is for that. The other line actually says it has to do more with medical healers uh, and their stabs usually being of a, of a blue tinge. Uh, so that the staff then just became the color blue, which then led to the red, the white, and the blue. So depending on who you talk to, the red, the white, and the blue have two. The blue itself is where it starts to differ. And that is where the conspiracy lies. I don't know why it's red, white, and blue. I know why it's red and white. 
Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I never knew, you know, that there was a conspiracy about the the blue part of it, but uh, I did know about the bloodletting part. And um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty interesting, Jay. So, so you get a half credit. You get a half credit. Oh, right? I, get a I get a half, half credit. credit. I get a half credit. Okay, hey, listen, I'll take the half credit. That's not bad. You know, that's not bad. You try to trip me up, but that was a good one, man. <laughs> All right, man. So thanks, oh, Jay. Yeah, I got more. You, I know you do. I know you got a bunch more. So I know you're ready to trip me up at any time. So. Uh, I guess we'll have to see next week. So that was Will You Tell Me? And uh, I guess we're ready then, Jay. Let's get this going. This is William Lawrence with BentLights.com. You're listening to Dark Fringe Radio. All right, Jay, let's get started uh, tonight, and let's talk about the scariest TV shows that uh, we think that ever aired on the, you know, the television. And, Jay, we're going to start with you tonight, and please uh, share with us what is your number one or the uh, first one on your list uh, to share with us for your scariest TV shows. Well, the first one on my list, I would have to say, is probably the the most uh, niche of any of the the six we're going to have tonight. And it goes back to my number one end-all, be-all nightmare of a monster slasher is Freddy Krueger. Now, in October, uh, October 8th of 1988, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street, the series, or called Freddy's Nightmares, aired. Uh, it was set more as a prequel to all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So every week it would give you actually two different stories that were said to have been somehow... Uh, kind of manipulated by Kruger. So he would, in between stories, he would also come on and have a quick quip or he would say something kind of funny, you know, one of those, one of his kind of one-liners that he would do in the movies as the guy to the later movies. Yeah, I always um, enjoyed those. And, and you did or did not like I, those? No, I did. I enjoyed those. Those are what made the fucking whole series when he came in and just kind of came in and broke the fourth wall there, you know? I mean, the whole Jason cutting off his head at the end of Freddy versus Jason, yeah, of and course. him winking is like the last. I mean, that's that Kruger. That's how that works. So, yeah, for me, uh, Freddy Krueger has always scared me because it's one of those things that, you know, in the physical realm of a Jason or a Mike Myers. When y'all saying my name, put some respect on it. There, you're still in the physical world. There's still ways for you to get away. Probability low. Just saying. But in your dreams, he, he's a god, and it, it, that, just that whole premise uh, unnerves me. Yeah, so I, I can understand that. Back when, when we were 8 to 10 years old, he had this series on, and my sister would make me watch it, and it would scare <laughs> the bejesus out of me. Uh, and if you ever get a chance, you can go back and you can watch the very first episode was actually the telling of how Freddy Krueger got caught uh, taken to trial, how he got off trial, and then eventually killed by the Elm Street parents. So right. it really is him going from just a psychopathic killer to a dream murderer. Uh, so the first episode is really interesting. After that, it definitely gets cheesy 80s. You know, there's one episode where he comes out, he goes to prom day, he keeps trying to put the corsage on her, but he keeps sticking his finger with the safety pin, so he pins the corsage <laughs> to her chest using one of his claws. I mean, it gets a bit goofy. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but for an eight-year-old, it's fucking 
terrifying. Oh, I could, yeah, of course. It was terrifying. And it was one of the, you know, actually gems of a TV show that, uh, because there wasn't a lot of horror TV shows during that time either. You know what I mean? And and if there was, there really wasn't that good either. Uh, it was really pretty cheesy. Right. But, and this was not that bad, actually. You know, for its time, you know, it, it, like I said, you know, everything is for its time. You know, you have to think. You can't just you look at it now and say, oh, that just sucked. Because, yeah, you're looking at it now because, you know, you see everything you see now. You know, back then it was actually pretty good. So, um, yeah, that was a good pick, Jay. I really enjoyed that series. And I thought they actually did a pretty good job transitioning him from the TV character. Uh, from sorry, the movie character to a TV character. I mean, to me, when he had those, like, quips like he did uh, in between the, uh, you know, the, the scenes or from the at the beginning or the end, um, you know, he just uh, that's what really made the series and you know put a nice cherry on top of the whole TV show. Yeah, I like I said, I definitely found it. I, I really don't watch a lot of scary stuff. Never really have. Right. Um, but for some reason, that particular series draws me in, and I can see even though it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> uh, I think that's why it sticks with me because I don't like just the regular slasher stuff. I like the fact that it's got a little bit of personality, a little bit of depth. There really is some shit going on. Uh, you know, it's, I like I like things when they come from different angles. And that show was definitely scary as fuck, but it came from a whole different angle. Yes, it was. And, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that with us, Jay. And I definitely agree. That's, uh, you know, one of the more scarier TV shows from that time uh, and uh, really uh, made an impression when it came out. So, uh, great pick, Jay. Uh, for me, my first one for tonight is going to be Tales from the Crypt, Jay. And, um I know that was another one during our classic. time. Classic, yes. You know, came out in the late 80s, ran into the uh, mid-90s, and uh, it was a horror anthology-type TV series. Um, basically, every week it was a different story. Uh, it always opened up with the Crypt Keeper, which uh, ended up being a, pretty much an icon in TV horror, you know, you know, uh, history. Uh, you know, everybody knows the fucking Crypt Keeper from Tales of the Crypt. And mm-hmm. it was actually based off an old EC Comics um, uh, print uh, from the 1960s. And they would have all these fucked up stories <laughs> in these comic books. Because I don't know if you knew this, though, uh, or not, Jay, but back then, comic books were actually for adults. And they were... they they would actually write these fucked up stories and they would put them in comic books for the adults. Uh, they were actually not yep. for, for kids. And then it kind of transitioned towards kids when they you know, came out with Superman and all that stuff and they came out with superheroes and all that stuff. So, but before that, it was kind of like true crime shit and paranormal stuff. And so Tales of the Crypt was kind of like, a, you know, a takeoff from those EC comic prints from the 1960s. And man, you know, you had a lot of great actors that were, you know, that uh, showed up in this series. I mean, everybody that, you know, is a fucking star now was pretty much in an episode of this you know series it ran for uh, you know nine uh, nine full seasons and it just you know on hbo on a freaking you know premiere channel and everybody knows about it everybody remembers yep. and it had its run on hbo and then it had another run on fox i don't know if a lot of people remember that or not but it had another run on fox again for another i think another six years on top of that yeah i was iconic iconic horror tv you know you everybody can remember that that high-pitched, screechy laugh, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, again, kind of, kind of like the Freddy Krueger ones, where he had in between the stories, he had something to say about it. You know, kind of a quick one-liner, and that brings some continuity to it. You can have all these stories that go to the, all these different things and have all these different, uh, you know, 
many lines that are all pulled together by this one crypt keeper who seems to know a lot of really fucked up shit. Yeah, uh, exactly. Super entertaining. Classic. Classic. Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, and it kind of pull, uh, pulled a little bit of uh, the um, Freddy, you know, series. You know, the, the Crypt Keeper in a lot of ways was kind of like Freddy. You know, he would have the intro where he would come in and kind of say something smart. And then, then again at the outro, say something kind of fucked up. You know what I mean? So, you know, they kind of took that same formula and just kind of did it up a different way when you really think about it. So kind of interesting to see it now in retrospect, how it's kind of the same formula. For sure, for sure. All right, Jay. So what's uh, the next one on your list for tonight? So my next one is actually um, a, one of the newer shows. And I, I don't, now as, as an adult, you know, for me to get scared is, I, I just don't, I don't get scared from watching a TV show. Uh, but the one that I definitely, if I watch it before I go to sleep, uh, will give me nightmares or have me believe I'm right through something. Uh, one of these things that they show is called Mysteries of the Abandoned. Um, I remember that show. Mrs. It's a great show. Yeah, it's a great uh, it's show. Great. <clears throat> uh, I believe it's on the History Channel. I think it's on History and on uh, Discovery. Yes. I yeah. think it's on both of them. And basically what they do is they'll pick an, an abandoned structure. Uh, they actually did the entire town just outside of Chernobyl. It was one of the ones I remember. It was crazy eerie. That's crazy. Um, how you see that there's nothing has moved. It, it almost looks like just overnight, people just vanished. That's what happened. Uh, now, of course, we know that there was a mass exodus, but people didn't vanish. They didn't, you know, it wasn't like Stannis snapping his fingers and suddenly they turned to dust. It right. was... <laughs> they vanished because know, they had to get the fuck out of need, there. We need to get the fuck out of here. Right. Leave the China. It doesn't matter. Right. So they've also done uh, military installments, you know, these underground caves that, that there are still submarines in, um, but nobody's allowed to really go in them because they're, they're about to fall apart at the scene. Uh, there's a highway they, they talked about in the middle of the Amazon uh, that as you get to it, it looks just eerie uh, because of how the, the earth is like swallowing this big concrete structure up again. That's crazy. Uh, it, some of the things they show are crazy. The stories they tell are fantastic. Um, it's, it's absolutely one of my favorite shows to watch as of current. And it, it gives me nightmares. It doesn't scare me while I'm awake. But when I'm asleep, it definitely gets to my subconscious. Yeah, I mean, because it raises a lot of questions, you know, about where these people, you know, where they, they, they visit and these places they go to. And it raises a lot of questions, you know, because you're like, fuck, how is this possible? And you're like, you start to think about... You know the the possibilities of um, you know things that uh, may not from be from this earth. So it, it's kind of it's kind of weird and uh, to you know watch all this stuff on TV and uh, you know have all these questions raised and you know it's it's a great show and I think uh, you know a lot of people should watch it and check that out. I agree. I like it. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, Jay, the next one on my list is a show that was on MTV uh, that aired from 2000 to 2002. And it was called Fear. And I'm not sure if you remember this or not, Jay, but Fear uh, was a paranormal reality television type series. And what they were um, basically led to do, the contestants were left like in 
allegedly haunted locations and they were basically led on over like a series of dares over a two-night exploration to confirm whether the place was either haunted or not okay that was the whole premise of the show so they uh they had like i think two years they ran uh the problem was that the the downfall of the whole show was that it was just too expensive to um actually shoot um, you know, the cost of uh, having these people out there, the, the location, so on and so forth. That pretty much was the downfall of the series. But the rules were pretty simple. They would um, have contestants that were led by guides into a haunted area, a supposed haunted area, and then they were instructed to remove their blindfolds um, after a predetermined amount of time, um, allowing the guides to slip out, you know, unseen. And then the, um, the area they were taken to is known as their safe house, which was usually a large, like, room somewhere in the haunted location where like no hauntings were reported or have taken place kind of like a safe place and then um the location serves as safe room exactly <laughs> so yeah it's it serves as their base and that's where they all go back to uh to kind of like you know get themselves together but the, the whole thing is they're you know they're made to do all these dares and go out to these different locations and perform all these ceremonies and rituals. And um, it was pretty crazy because they would have all these cameras that were already affixed to like their body. This was like one of the first shows that actually had this kind of technology where um, they had these, you know, harnesses on these people where you can actually see, you know, their reactions as they were walking down, you know, a corridor that was completely dark and supposedly haunted. So, yeah, this show, you know, but- had- go ahead, Jack. I have to. I have to correct you. Please. Uh, you said that their downfall, um, but what you said was the downfall wasn't really the downfall. The downfall was that it was a paranormal reality show on MTV in the late nineties. <laughs> yeah. No. Li- but it, listen. That's where it went wrong. <laughs> yeah, but it was also named number six in Entertainment Weekly's as you know top TV moments. So. Uh, on shows, and oh, I remember, I remember the show well. Yeah, uh, I, I I remember enjoying it, but yeah, uh, <laughs> MTV has been known to throw out some some stinkers, and then you throw in it. Just it sounds so bad on paper. It wasn't bad in in application, but no, but that's yeah. the whole thing. That's the whole thing. That's that's the kicker to this whole thing, Jay. That it wasn't it wasn't act due to lack lack of interest. It really was. It was super popular. They had super high ratings. It, they just couldn't. They were bloodletting, dude. Pretty much going back to the barber thing. They were just fucking at the yeah. knees, dude. That's how, how much they were fucking spending on these locations and everything. So, yeah, it had huge ratings. Just fucking too much, too much to fucking do. So, um, so yeah, that's Fear, uh, TV series that ran on MTV. Man, it was a great series. It was short lived. I uh, wish they could still do it now. Maybe they could do it now. I'm sure they could. Probably a lot cheaper than they did back then. Um, I'm sure a lot of that all that equipment is probably much cheaper now than it was. What that was 20 years ago. That's scary to even think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's yeah, uh, yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, we're getting old, bro. <laughs> we are getting old. Uh, all right, Jay. What's the last one on your list for tonight? Last one on my list is the all-time classic, The Twilight Zone. The granddaddy uh, yes. of all horror TV shows. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it spun off um, movies. It spun off big acting careers. It spun off uh, other TV series. It has spun off roller coasters. There's a roller. There's a ride after the Twilight Zone. That is when you know that you have arrived in very, very select company. Uh, the Twilight Zone. As we all know, it was a media franchise with multiple stories um, that crossed 
all kinds of genres from sci-fi to horror to suspense to thriller. They always focus on uh, the, the fantasy angles, very, sometimes very macabre, uh, but usually with a twist ending and some kind of a moral underlay. Uh, the first run, the first series went from 59 to 54 where they had two episodes with William Shatner, also known as J.T. <laughs> of course. Of course. Two of my favorites, actually. El Capitan. Um, oh, El Capitan. That's right. Damn it, Tim. I'm a <laughs> podcaster, not a doctor. That's right. No? Too, too much? Yeah. That's all good. Uh, so, it was a great series. Uh, you know, you had the, <laughs> you had the host, the little guy who looked like a skeleton in a suit, smoking a cigarette while telling you what was going on. Uh, it really added... It kind of and that generation of that the whole the whole genre's feel you know yeah. it was it was the straight man it was funny because it was out of place uh, but you needed him as the moderator to tell you uh, all the setups and to make sure that you got all the things that need to be uh, seen throughout that that story uh, you, like one of my favorites is to serve a man oh yeah That's or, or to serve human right. So that, if, if you guys haven't seen it yet, listeners, uh, you can go look it up. It's one of the most popular ones. It's one of the first ones. Uh, it's basically some aliens that come down. Spoiler alert. Aliens come down, and they start helping us work out all of our worldly problems. War, famine, homelessness, and they have all these great things. So as everybody's getting more comfortable with the aliens, the aliens start inviting us up to their ship into their own planet um yeah. and they're big they're eight to nine feet tall and they show you know lines of people getting in these spaceships and it turns out that the book to serve man was a cookbook it was a recipe because <laughs> they're going to kill us and eat us. us and eat us exactly oh yeah no listen it's a, a one of my very favorite series of all time uh yeah ever since i was a kid i was um fascinated by this series uh, it it really did. It, it fascinated me so much as a child. Ever since uh, I saw it, uh, even the black and white ones that I missed, you know, of course, because they were before our time, uh, they would rerun them, and uh, I would love every single one of them. Uh, one of my favorite ones was Talking Tina, and <laughs> I don't know if you remember this one, Jay, but it was uh, regarding a uh, little girl uh, who received a doll. I think it was for her birthday, and she was kind of like in a part of this uh, broken relationship where uh, her mom was with this guy that wasn't her dad, but he didn't like this doll. And so when the doll was with him alone, the doll would say shit to him, you know, I mean? like, I am talking Tina and I don't like you and stuff like that. And just fucked with this guy to the point where, you know, he ended up dead. But, uh, you know, spoiler alert. Sorry, I know that was about, you know. 80 years uh, passed, but, uh, but, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just a great TV series, man. And, uh, just, uh, the premise of all these different types of, you know, stories that, you know, emanate. I mean, think about it. Talking Tina, that started everything. If you think about it, that, uh, was the beginning of maybe child's play and every other fucking possessed doll, you know, uh, movie that ever came out after that. Uh, that's kind of how it works. This was the trendsetter for all of them. I remember one of the other ones. Uh, so it wasn't as scary as it was thought-provoking. Yeah, uh, a lot you know, of those. Kind of the going along lines of 
you know, careful what you wish for. Yeah. Uh, it was called Time Out to Laugh. Oh, yeah. And it's about this introvert, this shut-in, who doesn't really like people, and all he wants to do is read books. Yeah. And he's your stereotypical uh, 1950s nerd, you know, with the big glasses. <laughs> Coca-Cola, uh, yeah, rim glasses, yeah. The big Coca-Cola, yeah, man. Uh, so something happens. He ends up getting locked in his in a safe room. Uh, when he comes out of the safe room, everybody's gone. Every human on the planet is gone. So now he doesn't have to worry about paying rent. He doesn't have to worry about uh, <clears throat> going to work. He doesn't have to worry about. So now he has all the time he wants to read books. So he gathers up all of his favorite books. He goes to the library, gathers up all his favorite books. And he gets ready to hunker down. And read, and as he gets ready to hunker down, he trips, falls, and breaks his reading glasses. <laughs> so now he can't see. Oh, you're fucked. Yeah. You're fucked. And there's nobody to help you. There's nobody to talk to you. So now you're alone with nothing but your thoughts. What's the point of surviving if there's nobody to have a conversation with? Yeah, it's so true. So Twilight Zone, they had a lot of great stories. Kind of like that with the, the moral the, the end just kind of kicks right in and just Pow, right in the teeth. That's right. Uh, it was a great series. Great series. And if you don't know about this, Jay, or not, but uh, they have redone the series, and it looks like Jordan Peele is the gu- the guest, like the host of the show. That's uh, airing now. So you can actually see new episodes of The Twilight Zone. Uh, they've actually revamped the series again. So, uh, yeah, we uh, urge everybody to check that out as well. And, uh, you know, keep the series alive and, you know, bring us some crazy fucking stories like always as they do. So uh, that's a great pick, Jay. Classic, all time, 100% best, all time, you know, the fucking Twilight Zone. All right. Well, Jay, my last one for tonight is um, a classic as well uh, that uh, ran for 14 seasons and started in 1987. And that's Unsolved Mysteries. And um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember this sh- uh, show, Jay, or not. Uh, it was pretty pretty popular during our time, uh, especially that intro. And, of course, uh, Robert Stack, uh, his uh, crazy, very, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, deep voice and creepy. Uh, that demeanor. golden voice. Oh, that golden voice, man. And he was very, you know, uh, it, just the way he, you know, spoke. And it, it was just so ominous. And it was a show that that really focused on like a lot of cold cases and paranormal phenomena, uh, which, you know, wasn't very popular that, you know, there wasn't a lot of shows that focused on that a lot, you know, in that time. So it was, uh, it was cool that there was finally a show that focused on that. Uh, you know, it had its last run in, uh, 2008 to 2010 on the spike network. They tried to do it with a bunch of different, of course, hosts after, uh, Robert Stack. I think they had Virginia Madsen do it for one season, and then they had Dennis Farina do it for two seasons at Spike. Uh, but just a great show overall, Jay. And, you know, uh, I remember, you know, just hearing some of these creepy stories that they would show, uh, you know, on a weekly basis. And that fucking intro, ah, I hated it, man. It was so creepy. Yeah. Uh, you know, between his voice and him walking around in just a trench coat, um, you know, it, it really added kind of the whole dark, questionable, you don't know what to expect, you know, and, and it could really catch you off guard if you let it. So it was a a great show. And I think one of the other things that made it so much more creepy, uh, at least for me, was the fact that because, you know, there were mostly true stories. 
Yeah. They are, actually, they're all true stories. They're all true stories. It was an actual cold case or something that had been reported and to be looked into. So the fact that that was not reality, it's like the whole, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing. Yeah. You know, th- those movies were scary because when you hear that they're based on something that really happened, you know, you think that you're seeing almost a, sh- you know, shot for shot reenaction of a live occurrence when in reality it's, it, it was based off just an idea from something that somebody did. Um, but just because it's, it's real, it adds a whole new dimension of fear. And it honestly, his voice kind of ruined one of my all-time favorite movies. Which one? Oh, which one? No, tra- Transformers, the animated movie from 1986. Oh, okay. Now I know where you're going. He played... He played Ultra Magnus. He ends up getting shot to pieces and put back together by the, the uh, Junkatron. And his voice, every time he, he spoke, I could just see him walking down that dark, smoky alley with his trench coat on and the hat. It looks like he was some kind of <laughs> private dick when in reality he's an actor. Oh, man. So that's, uh, yeah, so he fucked that up for you, huh? Back in 1986, huh? Fucked it up. He fucked it up, Correct. huh? Fucking guy. All right. Well, yeah, that's it, man. Uh, that's my last one. Unsolved Mysteries for tonight. That was uh, our top three uh, scariest TV shows. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, we certainly did. And um, we're going to go into, of course, our weekly What to Watch. Jay, please uh, inform us. Give us. Enlighten us. What to watch for this week, please. And I have one, too, to add at the end. But I'm going to let you go first because you are the host of this. Go ahead. All right. So... All week, I've had a show in mind uh, to talk about, say that we should watch this, to set a tape. Um, and then what had happened was, I went and saw Endgame today. Uh, so that's my one to watch. Go watch Endgame. It is mind-blowingly fantastic. It, needed, needed, it even needed the dramatic pause in the middle because it was so... Unbelievable. Three hours long. Didn't feel like three hours. It really didn't, it didn't feel like it was that long. It was terribly entertaining. There was funny jokes. There was tear-jerking monologuing. There was great battle scenes. It was awesome. It had everything. That's what what's to watch. There you go. Yeah, Avengers Endgame. I have yet to see it. I was supposed to go see it today, but uh, didn't have the chance to go see it. So uh, I probably will check it out next weekend. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, thanks for sharing that, Jay. Um, for me, Jay, I'm going to add one for uh, this week as well. Uh, it is a uh, Netflix original movie. It uh, focuses on the pretty much tail end of the saga of T- Ted Bundy. And uh, it's called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. And Zac Efron actually plays Ted Bundy, and he fucking crushes it as Ted Bundy. Let me tell you, this guy, I mean, he um, pretty much, he must have studied him, all the film on Ted Bundy, because um, when he was on the camera and he would have his moments, he pretty much commanded the screen, and uh, he did a hell of a job. There's a bunch of cool actors that are in here. John Malkovich is um, the judge. Uh, Jim Parsons, um, Sheldon from fucking uh, what they call it, Big Bang Theory. He's in there as a, as a, uh, I think a, a lawyer for the uh, the prosecution for Florida. 
So yeah, it's a great fucking film, dude. Man, I was watching it. I, it had me at you know just you know at my fingertips. I was wondering what was going to happen next, even though I already knew what was going to happen next. There was a lot of stuff that I didn't know about the case that uh, that they brought forward, uh, which I'm not going to spoiler it for anybody, but you will figure it out at the end. And uh, it, it was just a great, great movie. Uh, and Zac Efron, I mean, to play the guy. Uh, that is the charming, you know, good-looking, uh, unsuspecting serial killer. He fucking crushes it, Jay. Uh, let me tell you. And, uh, you know, that's what Ted Bundy was. So, yeah, I recommend uh, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Running now on Netflix. It's available. Check it out, and uh, I'm sure you guys will like it. So that's my What to Watch as well for this week. Anything else? No, that's it. That sounds like a fantastic series. I've actually read a lot of good reviews on it, so I've been meaning to check that out. Uh, so I will watch that. You will watch uh, Endgame, because if you don't, uh, I'm going to whip your ass. <laughs> of course it. I'm going to watch that. Come on. Yeah, no, I got to, definitely. And, uh, yeah, uh, guys, definitely check that out, both those uh, movies. And, uh, you know, that's what we recommend for the week. So uh, let's go for the outro, Jay. Uh, again, wanted to remind everybody about the social media one more time, Facebook, Instagram, and also Twitter. Follow us on Dark Fringe Radio. Uh, leave us a like, follow, share, uh, do all those things, and uh, we do appreciate it. And you know where to find us, uh, where to find the uh, podcast. Uh, we are available on iTunes, um, SoundCloud, Spotify. Uh, where else, Jake? Google Play, YouTube, Stitcher. everywhere. Stitcher, exactly. Uh, you know, Player FM, all these different places. Anywhere you can find a podcast, we're available. Uh, just look up Dark Fringe Radio, give us a five star rating and a liking. And uh, we appreciate it. So uh, that's it for this week for Dark Fringe Radio J. you have anything else for the outro? That's it, guys. Just keep your eyes peeled, your hearts open, and your ears together. See ya. There you go. Again, I am Will Martinez for Jay Galosi. Thanks for joining in on Dark Fringe Radio, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to Dark Fringe Radio, recorded in the Mephistopheles Studios. Any correspondence can be sent to thedarkfringe at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.
bitch, bitch, bitch. Nobody's ever happy. So what if her fiance was turned into powder? So what if she had to eat him? I could have made her powder her nose with him or, or snort him. A high colonic enema would have been fun. <laughs> I may be cruel, but I'm fair. But this is all about to change. No more, Mr. Nice Guy.